Hello, Mike Baxter from Goal Atlas with November's Strategy Distilled, my monthly concoction of insights, learnings, and things you might have missed for anyone who works on strategy, works with strategy, or just loves strategy. So this month, I'm going to be talking about connecting values with strategy. The lesson on strategy from behavioral economics is about social proof. We're launching the Goal Atlas model, the H model of strategy adoption, and three snippets related to strategy you might have missed. I've got a great quote on strategy adoption. I'm going to talk about the five types of people you'll meet when implementing change, and I want to mention a great review in praise of posted notes. Let's go. Connecting values with strategy. Values are really important identity marks for organizations. And an identity mark is a text or a graphic signal of the core identity of the organization. So identity marks include vision, mission, values, and strategy. And CEOs obviously think values are really important. In an analysis of interviews with CEOs in Harvard Business Review, three quarters discussed their company's culture or their core values even when not specifically asked about it. And Don Sol, Stefano Turconi, and Charles Sol in a 2020 MIT Sloan Management Review article have analyzed the websites and the annual reports of 689 large, mainly US organizations. And they found that 82% had official statements of their corporate culture. And of these, of those 82%, 72% referred to their company's culture in terms of values or core values. The others used labels such as principles, philosophy or ideals. Companies typically have between three and seven values, and these values are hugely diverse. Their research found over 62 different values, with integrity cited by 65% of all companies, collaboration, cited by 53%, customer focus, 48%, and respect, 35%. No other value was cited by more than one-third of companies. So values are really important. They're quite diverse. But how do we work out what the relationship is with strategy? So the fascinating part of Sal et al.'s research was their follow-up to the analysis of values. They compared which values companies espoused with how positively employees talked about those values in the free text of their reviews of their companies on the website Glassdoor. And they calculated nine different correlations. So they correlated how strong or important the values were to the companies and how positively employees talked about them for nine different values. And all nine correlations were weak and four were even negative, which meant that the more prominently a company featured a particular value, the more negatively employees rated it. That means we've got a real problem connecting values with strategy. Values are seen to be important by companies. They're talked about a lot by CEOs. They're mentioned extensively in company documentation, but they don't seem to, as Sal et al. talk about, they don't seem to walk the talk. So what can we do about it? 
Well, here are two lessons that I took away from their research. Number one, explain what values are for and why they matter. HubSpot, for example, which was, according to Glassdoor, the number one place to work in 2020. HubSpot explains that culture doesn't just help attract amazing people. It also amplifies their abilities and helps them to do their best work. Deutsche Bank, in another example, explains that by living our values and beliefs, and these values and beliefs include things like integrity and honesty, by living our values and beliefs in daily interactions with our stakeholders, employees have a critical role to play in helping us restore the trust lost during the financial crisis. The second lesson is ensure everybody understands what each value means and how it should be applied. And here's how three different companies explain how their employees ought to be innovative. So they all have innovation or innovative as one of their values. And this is how they explain what that means to their employees. So the chip company, NVIDIA, we know our path to discovery will be paved with mistakes. We anticipate and avoid the ones we can. We accept, we learn from, and we share the ones that occur. Makes it really quite clear what NVIDIA expects their employees to do in relation to innovation. Biogen, we encourage candor to test assumptions and to uncover the best ideas. And Amazon, Leaders expect and require innovation and invention from their teams and always find ways to simplify. So two lessons that I think really help in connecting values with strategy and also don't forget that in September's Strategy Distilled newsletter we covered the 10 elements of organisational culture that mean most to employees. It might connect rather nicely with connecting values with strategy. Lessons for strategy from behavioral economics. Social proof. What is it? Social proof is a psychological and social phenomenon whereby information about the choices of others tends to give rise to conformant choices in the recipients of that information. It leads us to believe what's good enough for others is probably good enough for me. Now, why does that matter for strategy? So social proof doesn't always make it all the way through to the final published strategy document, but it may play a crucial role in the decision-making about what is included in that strategy document. There are two types of social proof relevant to strategy. What do other people in the organisation think? And what have other organisations, our peers and our competitors, done? So, for example, knowing that more than 70% of the organization thought that including customers more in our product development was important or very important, makes it more likely that customer con consultation will be featured in the new strategy. Or knowing that four out of our six key competitors have either reduced prices or were planning to do so makes it more likely that price reductions will feature in our new strategy. So don't underestimate the importance of social proof as you develop your own strategic thinking. A new strategy model released from Goal Atlas and Creative Commons so that you can use it in all your own presentations and strategy documentation. This month we've released the H model 
of strategy adoption. So once your strategy is written, strategy adoption depends on the active engagement and willing commitment of change makers. The H model of strategy adoption is designed to explain this more fully and demonstrates how to combine the efforts of senior leadership and frontline teams through strategy adoption conversations. These conversations provide a way of understanding and realizing your strategic goals. There are some key ways suggested by Ed Morrison and his colleagues in their book Strategic Doing that you can make sure these conversations happen effectively. So, for example, have rules for these conversations and make them explicit. Be clear about at the start about intentions, purpose and outcomes. Make time for the conversation. Optimize the group size. Really important, ensure the psychological safety of all participants. And finally, provide conversational leadership. So you can find out more, see the H visualization that makes up the H model of strategy as a PDF. You can view it online. And we've now got 20 strategy models released by Goal Atlas on our website. And finally, three snippets related to strategy that you might have missed. The first, a great quote on strategy adoption from Clay Shirky. He thinks that the physics of participation is much more like the physics of weather than it is like the physics of gravity. I love that. Physics of participation, not that predictable. The five types of people you'll meet when implementing change from the lovely people at Nobel. They've just published this useful thought provoker. The five types of people are co-pilots. These are the folks who will actually commit for you and help you shape change. Not only that, but they've also got the skills to guide others through the change process. Champions. They're inspired by the possibility of change. Fence sitters, they aren't sure the organization will change. Skeptics, they draw their own conclusions and won't be convinced by enthusiastic promises of change. Cynics actively oppose the change. And in their article, the people at Nobel actually go into not only the characteristics of these five people you'll meet when implementing change, but also how best to tackle the opportunities and the challenge that these types of people present. And in praise of post-it notes, who doesn't love a post-it note? But here's a great list of 13 reasons for loving post-it notes from Clive Thompson. And it includes such gems as a post-it note might last 30 seconds or 30 years. And when you write it, you may not know which. Post-it notes let you create physical visual databases for ideas. Post-it notes have amazing gestural UI. Slapping one down on a colleague's desk, lifting one gently from a crowded whiteboard to contemplate where it belongs, or crumpling it and tossing it in the bin. And post-it notes are glanceable, and thus they are a calming type of technology. Read more in Clive Thompson's article. So that's it for this month. I hope you found something useful in Strategy Distilled Newsletter. And we will see you again next time around.